Welcome to episode 143, sorry, <laughs> of, of the Sunday Conversation Podcast, presented by Taco Casa, Loyalty Liquors, um, hosted by uh, your favorite duo, Aaron and I. How the hell are you, bro? How was your week? Uh, ben, my week was good. We do need to address something before we start. I don't know. Did you go back in? I would have... also like to address something, but you quickly address something first. Okay. Did you happen to go back and look at last week's episode at all? No. Okay. Uh, I accidentally deleted the entire episode. And so we didn't, <laughs> what we recorded never got posted. And I, really? and I didn't realize it until much later. So when I get done, when we finish, I, you know, I unplug my mic to depending on, you know, like when we record right now, like on an early on a Saturday morning, I unplug my mic, I pack that all up. And then typically, like, you know, I go to the gym like right afterwards. Right. And then I come back and edit the episode usually a little later on in the afternoon. Well, last week, I didn't even think about it. And when we end the Zoom call, it has to render the file so that I can have the video and the audio. I didn't even think of, and all everything that we record goes onto the external hard drive. I didn't even think about it. I unplugged both the hard drive and the microphone, and I'm like, "Oh fuck!" And I thought about it. Oh shit! I'm just looking right now. What does it say? I fucked up. up. <laughs> yeah, but, so which, it's a form. That's so I funny. just record. I just recorded like a hey, like we're keeping the streak going. This is completely my fault. I wasn't gonna make Ben record another episode. <laughs> like, but I so I unplugged it and I'm like fuck, and it it hit me like right away. And then I opened Zoom up and it's like you know recorded episodes can be converted whenever. And I was like oh okay, right on. So then I shut everything. I went about my day. Saturday night like ten o'clock. I go to edit it. And I can't fucking get the file back. And I was like, fuck. And so I accidentally fuck. deleted the whole episode. What did, what did we talk about last week? We talked Anything a lot good? about uh we talked a lot about FTX, which actually it's not it would be it would make more sense to talk about it now because there's a lot more information that has come out from when we were well, talking about hey, it. Hey, that makes it even funnier because I just looked at it. Um, hey, what I needed to address quickly is uh, without thinking and without um doing anything what was the temperature in the panhandle of florida yesterday morning go uh 42 degrees 35 degrees wow 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 that's wow. what i thought that's like what it was that's here I, I know that's i sent my dad a picture it was 35 and or maybe at that point it was 38 or something but when we got in the car yesterday morning it said 35 degrees we're going to do a job and uh it gave the old uh, it gave it uh, an old-fashioned uh, Jackson temperature swing yesterday I ended up getting into like the 60s. So nice little, uh, nice they little call it, they call that a diurnal, a diurnal temperature swing. Diur but, diurnal temperatures. I mean, three degrees off freezing. You know. Well, in Florida. Well, I, I guess that happens more than you think. But that was my first encounter, and I'm just like, I'm not here for it. But. uh well, Ben, it's we'll about to be the best it. week of the year. So, I mean, you know, it's only right You're that right. you have a New England fall, New England fall. Yeah, weather. I know. How cool is that? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, how was yeah. your week? Uh, my week was, uh, my week overall was good, busy. I, uh, 
you know, this is the the big push before Thanksgiving. And then obviously it's busy again after Thanksgiving. But uh, like I'm working today, as soon as we get done, I'm going to edit this this morning because I won't have time later, but I'm going out uh, and working today. Worked all day yesterday. Um, yeah, it's that time of year. That time of year, you know, money never sleeps. Uh, busy, busy. But uh, all in all, week was good. Um, yeah, digesting a lot of this FTX stuff, which we can, which we'll get into. Um because yeah, it is I, a I have a, fucking I have a couple different. Story. I know I have a couple different thoughts on it. Um, um I do want to, but we don't uh, one one thing before I, I throw it back to you. Uh, we don't mention sports on here with any real frequency, but uh, the St. Louis Blues have uh, started the season three and zero, then lost eight straight, and then have now won five in a row. So like the biggest <clears throat> team in the in the world, which is great, uh, making a little money on them. Um. And then I drank some cool wine on Thursday night. That was fun. Yeah, I saw. I saw all the. I mean, I saw the my photo. Dad's, my dad's got a ridiculous. He's got this wine, but awesome guy, Mark DeBella. Uh, great, great guy. I've I've uh, hung out with him a handful of times now. He's like, a, I think he's a lobbyist in Hartford, uh, for like the energy companies, maybe. And uh, he just loves fucking Italian wine and has tons of money. Uh, doesn't have any kids, so like, how does he make all that money lobbying? Uh, I don't, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> couldn't tell you. I think it's a, um, I think it's I a love, position that pays. Lo- pretty I love decent. a good old kickback, you know. <laughs> um, I know, and it's weird because like I like come on here or I've come on this podcast or in private conversations have been like, you know, corporate interest is destroying America, and like when you have private sector money in in government, that's what's causing all these problems, and it's like. But one of my dad's best friends is a lobbyist, and he has really, really cool wine collection. So, like, he's my boy. Like, I'm, I, I fuck with wine. Right. I guess that's the other thing. It, like, just in general, it's like, it's a very. You can bitch and moan and all you all you want about, you know, the current state of affairs, but it's like, people are still out there getting theirs. Yep. So it's like, who gives a shit? Like, you know. Just because people hate, you know, like politicians and all that, that doesn't mean they're not out there doing their thing. Like they made a goal with themselves or with themselves, like at a, at whatever age they decided to like, okay, I'm going to be a politician. It's like, if they went all in on it, it's the same. You could go the same for fucking Jeff Bezos. It's like, he just was a nerd, you know, like a a computer, Bill Gates. It's like, you, you can never knock. You can't, like at the end of the day you can you can knock capitalism but you can't knock capitalism because at least i mean it gives you a chance to you have a you have a shot in yeah you have a shot you know exactly. you might start you might start off a little bit worse off than everybody else but you still have a shot um but uh how was your week pal oh uh, my week was good just actually taking our shots at capitalism and, and we got a bunch of bunch of work done this week so um yay yeah, for uh, capitalism what are, you, are you doing fencing or what um no some actually some indoor jobs but actually we just got hooked up with a friend who's an interior designer oh nice and she just is in a very high dollar area mm-hmm. and her clients are high dollar yep and they can't do anything no no uh no knock to them but 
maybe they don't care to do anything. Maybe they have too much money to care to want to do anything. But um, when people need some hinges installed on a door, you call us and we do it for you. Hinges? Really? Literally, yeah. We changed eight hinges out on one at one job. And demoed a kitchen. We uh, installed some ceiling fans. So we're just kind of doing it all. Huh. You name it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, but that's uh, that's the beauty of capital. Sorry, Ben. I don't mean to be rude. I'm writing down a recipe as we were talking. I just needed to to make sure I got the stuff at the grocery store. But I was listening to everything you said. Um, <coughs> excuse me. A, I hope it's a good recipe. Uh, tagliatelle bolognese tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go. I gotta go get a Dutch oven today. But, uh, oh fuck, dude! I got a Dutch oven. I'm not you, kidding. What do you have, a cast iron one. Yeah, Griswold. Mm. Fucking love that shit. I just never, I need never, something never deeper. used it. Never used it, but I love, <laughs> I love it. Well, unfortunately, um, so, that... hey, you, you heard it here right now. First, someday I'm gonna bake a loaf of bread in that suck bag, and it's gonna be better than you've ever imagined. I I fucking believe it, dude. I definitely believe it. I mean, that's the problem with having like a uh like cooking as a hobby that you like pursue all the time is you're like oh i need this now like i gotta have this and the the only and listen a dutch oven is a good thing to have and hey what if you go to uh i thought you got that gig at didn't you get a part-time job i'm I'm going to william sonoma (laughs) outlet store in westbrook i gotta go to old saybrook today for work so i'm gonna stop in westbrook at there's an outlet store in westbrook give them your your employee id number hey give uh give julia a call at the westport store she uh she'll give you my uh, employee id number so i can get that discount um that's exactly where I'm going. It's funny you say that. That's a hundred percent where I'm going. You're gonna get a Le Creuset. I was thinking about it. If they have a, if what they color? have a decent deal. Uh, well, I really like the matte black ones. I like the gray ones. Um, I don't, I don't like anything too, too colorful in my kitchen. Uh, what either. about the red to match your the supreme coffee, yeah. coffee maker? My mocha pot express. <laughs> I was, I was at somebody's house this last. Uh, either last Friday or so. it might have even been two weeks ago and uh, they were making an espresso martini and I was like oh yeah I was like I have a stovetop espresso maker could they you know they were talking about their coffee and they're like they're like oh one of like the silver ones and I'm like well like, it would have been silver <laughs> but I spent a hundred dollars extra so that it could say supreme on it <laughs> that's hey that is hey you're a hype beast everybody knows it people forget I, listen there's nothing that's just like a it. quick way hey what better way to stay in the hype game than to get a mocha bialetti express yep. coffee maker that is supreme branded exactly it's like it shows you what's important to me it's like hey i mm-hmm. like i really like high quality coffee but i also really like oh my god ben what Supreme did a collaboration with Lodge. I was just <laughs> I, I have cast iron skillets that are get branded. the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really? I it's it's um, just I a normal cast my, iron, it's just my branded other thought, on the bottom. Though, my other thought is like as weird as this sounds, by the way, our fucking podcast just can go anywhere. Um <laughs> yeah, <right>. uh, <laughs> but don't you think that at some point your mocha your Bialetti Mocha Express supreme 
coffee maker is probably going to be worth a fortune. So maybe you should stop using it. Uh, well, it's probably too late for that. I'll just buy another one. Fuck it. Yeah, but pretty soon you're not going to be able to get it. Like all the other things that Let's they see. have. Supreme. I bet you the price went up 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Supreme mocha pot. Uh, $35. Yep. It, it went up 35 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you really break that down, that's only like <sighs> se- seven ben, iced ben, coffees ben, from Dunkin' Donuts. Ben, 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 ben. <laughs> you have known me for a long time. You knew me through the prime IPs years. I wore sneakers that are now worth $12,000 to fucking house parties in the basements at schools like Eastern Connecticut State University. Of course, People I'm going to use my Mocha Pot Express. You're right. <laughs> And then on the flip side, I'm thinking like, what did you sell those shoes for? Like because, nothing. Right. Because right now, all torn up, they'd probably be worth even more. Because some hype beast that likes, um, what would you call that? Like easy ones. They were the gray color. Let's see. Stock eggs. <clears throat> so I sold them for, I want to say 500. But now, okay. Also. Keep in mind, that was also somewhat like of a cathartic thing where I was trying to kind of like purge myself of all the materialistic positions that I had bought over the years. So I was, I, part of it was I wanted to get rid of them for a, a average amount of money, not like make a fortune off them. But, uh, StockX has the, the ones that I bought, the Nike Air Yeezy ones, the Zen Grays, the first colorway. The last sale they had was $3,500, which was up $1,250, 56% from the last sale prior to that. Uh, the buy it now price on these is uh, $4,500, the size I had. Yeah, $4,512. Uh, a pair of the size eights, <clears throat> excuse me, size eight and a half is $19,610. And I had a What is that like a... What size are yours? Well, I had nine. Mine were nine and a half, but yeah. Is eight and um, a half a good size or something? I think it what? probably has something to do with how many pairs of them there are. Oh, got it. Because nine and a half, I think, is the most common shoe size on the planet. So I think that um, that might have something to do with it. Understood. Should we talk about FTX? Yes. Yes, we should. Um it's uh, a lot has developed over the last week. You know, yeah. we also, we, how about like you hearing all the shit about the Bahamian government stepped yeah. in and jacked all the money? Yeah. Well, not jacked it, but seized it. Yeah. Shocker. Um, Actually, that's probably honestly, we, you know, it's this. this yeah. I just want to so know what convoluted. kind of, I know. And the other thing is like, you know, you know, these kids, because like from what it sounded like to break it way back or to break, I guess FTX was just like a group of roommates that all like dated each other. Yeah, it was like 10 of them. Or like, like right. So they're in the Bahamas and I'm guessing a fucking unbelievable spread. $40 million mansion. $40 million mansion. I'm guessing that they have more computing power in that in that house than like the Bahamian government has. But that's my question to you. 
do you think that maybe the Bahamian government does actually have some computing power and like can like hack into that shit? It just seems like, um, I don't know. It just seems like very bizarre. Uh, like, um, if, if it's if it's so like you know if it's like so safe or whatever, how like how was it not accessed by you know? A, like the U.S. before the Bahamian government could seize it, or was it in bank accounts? That's what I just like. Well, it so there's there, there's first of all there's a lot of layers here. So last week, which nobody heard other than you and I, there was uh, we talked about how there was like a ten billion dollar hole in FTX's books. And when the story first came out, there wasn't a hundred percent certain why, like why that was the case, which has since changed. Basically, the long and the short of it was this guy Sam Bankman-Fried also had a hedge fund called uh, Alameda Al- Research. Alameda, which, first of all, is a gigantic conflict of interest. Like, how can you have a hedge fund and run an exchange? You know what I mean? Like. It's a huge conflict of interest. Imagine if BlackRock also was, you know, owned JP Morgan. Like, you know, it'd be a it'd be a big, big conflict of interest. But um, basically what happened was he did what every hedge fund does and over levered himself and, you know, was long on a lot of stocks. And I'm I imagine uh all kinds of other investment vehicles. I think real estate too. I think they had a lot of real estate owned a lot of real estate. And then obviously as everybody who's been following the stock market knows the, the market as a whole collectively has gotten smashed this year. And if you're a hedge fund and you're using leverage, that means you're borrowing money to buy bigger positions of stocks or using options or whatever. Well, if you, borrow money and those things go down you have to pay pay back the money and And you're also losing the money and you're also losing the money and from what i understand this created a 10 billion dollar hole that alameda wasn't going to be able to uh like just you don't just recoup that overnight and so to save the hedge funds they had a backdoor in the software at ftx where they could take depositors money out and it wouldn't raise any red flags with anybody in accounting or anything like that. And so that's what they did. And they funneled $10 billion of customer money from FTX to Alameda to keep the hedge fund afloat thinking we're the smartest people in the room. We can, you know, get that $10 billion back, bring Alameda back and then put the money back. No harm, no foul which obviously didn't happen because the market continued to get slaughtered and this all got. Uh, and then there was the big tweet that tweet yeah. from the girl that said like, Hey, CZ Binance. Um, if, if you're, it said something like if you're trying to liquidate your FTX Alameda would happily purchase it back or something. Yeah. And supposedly that, that tweet is like what set off the whole fucking thing that was like, wait a second. Well, right. And I guess, and I guess it's a, I, I heard somebody else talking to this, uh, talking about this on another podcast today, a finance guy. 
he said it's like the kiss of death in finance is that if you as a financial institution have to tell your customers or your cons your um, depositors that everything is fine, then that's the sign that everything is not fine. And I guess that's what happened. I guess Sam Bankman-Fried responded to a tweet from CZ, the guy from Binance, and said, like, everybody's fine. There's no need to panic. And that immediately triggered everybody trying to pull their fucking money out, something like $3 billion in 18 hours. And then that that also caused the FTT token, which had nothing backing it, to crash, which crashed the value of the company. And everything came all tumbling down all at once. And they're, you know, they're talking real jail time for this guy. You know, um, Martin Shkreli is saying he, he might get, this guy should get life in prison, which is, if that's not the pot calling the kettle black. Um, but. Yeah, Martin, what wasn't he, isn't he the. Uh... He's the pharma bro. The one yeah, who but... bought the medication and then jacked the prices up to like, you know, $5,000 per dose or whatever. Right. Which actually isn't what he went to jail for. He went to jail for uh, something with investors' money. Um, uh, I forget what the exact terminology was. But but then the story gets even more convoluted in the sense that the girl who was the CEO of Alameda, who was like 28, was Sam Bankman-Fried's ex-girlfriend. They apparently right. were all on amphetamines. They were – Sam Bankman-Fried was using a, a Parkinson's drug. It's like a, a stimulant patch that you put on your arm that, you know, for people with Parkinson's who have, you know, the trouble with the shaking and the moving and stuff, it helps regulate that by, I don't know, I guess giving them, you know, a, a, a stimulation, a stimulant. And uh, and he was using that. Like, it just it gets so much – like you said, they were all hooking up with each other. It's basically like an orgy cult. And – on top of all that, Sam Bankman-Fried was the second largest donor to the Democratic Party. And it it appears that he was or is, well, well was, I guess, uh, trying to get the regulations put in place in crypto. Basically, because crypto is unregulated and the government will look to regulate it, you know, and it's going, this is going to, you know, make that happen even faster now. He wanted to be one of the people putting the regulations in place. So obviously it was more beneficial to him, which is what companies like Ticketmaster did when they were writing regulation as far as like electronic sales of tickets. And that's why, like you see Ticketmaster this week, you know, it's like 14 million Taylor Swift fans. We're trying to, and that's not even a hyperbolic number. I think that's the actual number. We're trying to buy Taylor Swift tickets this week, but so anyways, yeah, there was a whole story with that. I don't, I, I've heard rumblings about or something where they not get their tickets or something. Well, basically they, the, or they sold they, too many. Well, Ticketmaster told Taylor Swift that they could handle the demand. And then, it, but it was something like there, there was like a pre-sale that like X amount of people tried to get into. And then 14 million people ended up being able to get into it. People were using bots uh, so that they could buy multiple tickets and stuff. And then in turn, let's say you and I bought 10 tickets to Taylor Swift at Madison Square Garden. Well, then we turn around and sell eight of them, you know, but because we use bots, we were able to buy 10, 12 tickets when you're only supposed to be able to buy so many and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like Ticketmaster handled the thing like, like fucking terribly, which is, you know, they basically have a monopoly on like the ticket game, like especially with like big things like that, which is crazy. I mean... Um, 
But to, to circle this all back to the FTX thing, and we touched on this a little bit last week, um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing short term um, because obviously it, it puts more doubt over the, the crypto market. It makes people less confident in cryptocurrency as a as a whole. But at the end of the day, I think the crypto market in terms of having an exchange or making a token or whatever is too accessible. It's too easy for people. And we need to get to a point where it's a lot more difficult so that people have more confidence in it. I all I think that, you know, the, the two big dogs, Bitcoin and Ethereum will always be around and it will just be a matter of time until the smaller ones get weeded out, which I think is a good thing long term. Yeah, I was reading a couple articles because obviously, like, you know, I'm on an exchange. <laughs> um, so in terms of, uh, you know, there's a there's a million um, like thoughts that go through my head daily in terms of like, you know, if you don't if you don't own your keys and hold your keys and you don't own your coins. Yep. And uh, I was reading an article that it was like, I guess some other big. It was, the the article was talking about how this is just going to cause like a massive, like this is going to happen to a lot of small exchanges. Yeah. And uh, in the article, it was talking about one particular exchange that was like, yeah, now we've we've moved all of our stuff to Coinbase. Yeah. So obviously, I use Coinbase. I use Coinbase. It just, it, it's like, a, um, you know, because as all this shit is happening with FTX, it's like, holy shit. Like, you know, it's like, is my stuff safe? You know, and that's like the constant daily question. But then you, you know, you start asking yourself, like, you know, it's like, think of everybody that had millions of dollars in Lehman, you know, it's like, yep. poof, poof, gone. Like, it can happen with literally any bank at any second any time um but it was kind of like a good it just seems like like more and more it's like coinbase is like also monopolizing obviously finance seems like it's probably like the international like yes. the go-to international exchange coinbase seems like it's probably the go-to exchange in the united states maybe not i think binance is probably pretty big here too but um what i like i feel like what i see happening is as we move forward here it's like you know right now the bahamian government is sitting on a shit you know what 500 million dollars worth of this shit you just sent me the article about the silk road how the u.s mm -hmm. government has 50,000 bitcoins worth three and a half billion dollars like all that's happening with all these i guess you could call them like shutdowns is someone is ending up with the stuff right Which it's is not why, like that's it, why I said it's not like cat it's not cash money that's like being burned right. and it's like it's it's like gone you know it's not like this is literally like okay these are exist these 50,000 bitcoin exist no matter what you say, they exist. Who, 
they're going to exist if this guy has them. They're going to exist if this guy has them. It's like, so now, you know, it's like you're looking at the big, the big players in the spaces are now going to be governments, which is either leading towards a cryptocurrency like run economy or they're going to like shelf it. It's, and it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, we'll just gather up as much of it as we can, put it on the shelf. And it's like, okay, now Bitcoin isn't really a thing anymore. You know, it's like if, if somebody can own it all, if the U.S. government could somehow seize all the Bitcoin, put it on the shelf, say Bitcoin's not a thing anymore, go back to using our fiat money, then there would be people out there who have, you know, like the majority of, of the, I, I guess, what would you call it? Like the market cap would be, would, wouldn't be there, but then there would still be like, you know, the people that have it. And it's like, then it becomes, it drives the price even higher. I don't know. I mean, it's just like, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, thing. Well, I don't think you're that far off. The reason I sent you that Silk Road or that article about the Silk Road seizure was for that exact reason. It's like, okay, if you're the United States government and you're not 100% sure the direction that cryptocurrency is going to take, how can you get your hands on some cryptocurrency without like going out and buying it? Because going out and buying it would signal... Now you have to take it off your balance sheet. But if you fucking steal it from somebody... Bingo. Now it's just acquired. And I I don't think, I hate to say it, but I don't think the U.S. government is working on like a karma system. I don't think they're like, (laughs) hey, you know, I don't think we should take this 50,000 Bitcoin from this guy because karma may kick us in the ass. Like that ship is fucking sailed. And that's a a fact. Like nine out of 10 people (laughs) killed by drone strikes or civilians. Yeah, I don't think it's a real thing the U.S. government's worried about. But that's what I'm getting at is that like, okay, right? Like if the U.S. government sees what happens to crypto prices the last, you know, whatever, let's call it two weeks and says, oh, now's like a great opportunity to buy a bunch. But like, you know, if we buy a bunch, that's going to show that we do believe in cryptocurrency long-term, which is not what we want people to think because we want the price to kind of stay down, but we want to be in the game. Well, let's go about it by seizing it. Okay. Now we've seized it. Now we have it. We didn't pay for it. It doesn't necessarily instill a ton of new confidence into cryptocurrency as an asset class. And then, you know, people go buy it up and the price drives up because they see us buying it. You know what I mean? And that's basically this is like a at. this is a ridiculous question, but is like the secretary is the treasury like the accountant of the United States? Um, like who like who, like hear me out. Um, Walmart probably has a, a team of accountants, but there's probably a top accountant. Am I right? I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, the CFO would be the top accountant, probably. Okay, so who is the CFO of the United States? Probably the Secretary of the Treasury, yeah. It's probably, it's kind of a combination of the Secretary of the Treasury and the Chairman of the Federal Reserve, because they kind of... But then, but this is where, this is where I want... No, with each but other. they're not. Well, that's the other thing, is like, the the Fed, the Federal Reserve is not a government entity. Right. It's not, so there, it's, so that's what I'm saying is like, is there also a head accountant for the Federal Reserve? Uncle that's like, Jerry. Who, who is the one Jerome that's Powell. like, okay. 
Okay. So then, is he the one that who who controls that fifty thousand Bitcoin that they just seized? Oh, uh, probably the Treasury, I'd imagine. So not the Federal Reserve, which is also interesting because. So I want to know, like, what do you what do you think the Treasury's like balance sheet is sitting at? Who's the secretary? Uh, Negative thirty five trillion dollars. Right. Okay. So, but then what about the Federal Reserve? Are they? Is it? coincide so so the federal reserve does more like dictating of financial policy in terms of interest rates and things like that the federal reserve is more in charge of kind of controlling how money moves in the country where the treasury dictates actual like economic or or, uh, monetary like policy and law um but the interesting thing about all this too ben is that janet yellen who's the secretary of the treasury which it's so funny that I know that not that like I like I know we talk about finances on here a lot, but I'm not like a. She hated like, crypto. Bro. I was just like say she six... hates crypto, um, but I don't know. I can't tell you who the Secretary of State is off the top of my head. I don't even. But know then who the all right, so then like okay, right like we're just saying she hates crypto. But then are we? Is she sitting in a room, and and there's a bunch of people, you know, guys, girls. I don't know who the hell's in the room, but um, they're like. Yeah, yeah. He, him, she, her. Um, are they like Janet? Like, we get that you hate it, but we're making a fucking fortune here. Like, are you not seeing this? And she's like, No, I, I just don't see it. And they're like, Okay, well, here's some. Now watch, you know, or like, like I just don't know at what point. Like, does she say she hates it, and she's just stacking fucking sats, as they say in the biz, stacking um... satoshis. I, I could see that being the case, but I think she legitimately hated it the same way a lot of people hated it, Ben, because A, it was new. B, and they... also, she's probably sitting on a mega pile of dough that she's probably like. Oh, totally. But also, like, dude, Ben, I mean, you, you've been in the crypto space long enough. Like, the, the number one thing that, like, people would say about crypto was, right, as oh, you could use it for crime, right? Like, oh, it just gets used for crime. Remember? Like, that was the narrative. <laughs> Yeah, as we watch a Pablo Escobar documentary, which is like the most seven hundred billion dollars in the yeah, fucking wall. Yeah. Pablo Escobar was one of Forbes' ten richest people in the fucking world, and he wasn't dealing in Bitcoin; he was dealing in <laughs> USD. So, like, it, it, it's just it's the dumbest argument. But like, that was how that generation felt about it. And I understand it's something that's completely new and, and foreign to them, and it the the it's not super easy to understand on paper, um, but. I think at the end of the day, even if you're Janet Yellen and you hate digital currency, you can't, I don't know. This all goes back to, this is why we can't have people that are a hundred years old running this fucking country is what it really boils down to. It's like, I'm not saying they have to be 25 years old. Cause it's very obvious with this whole FTX thing that people that age don't have the, the maturity to handle giant sums of money as well. But there has to be a happy medium because You've got an older generation that wants nothing to do with this stuff because they don't understand it. And then you've got a younger generation which's all for it, but doesn't necessarily understand the economic policies that, that are going to dictate its price in the future. So I don't know. I don't, there's really not, uh, really not uh, a, a clean, easy answer. But yeah, she's yeah. on the bullshit again. US Treasury's yelling, says crypto market needs better oversight. The old fucking bag. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm. Uh, there's no question that right now. I mean, just call it what it is. Like, Ethereum, Ethereum is a Ponzi scheme as of a couple months ago, and right. 
legitimately whoever holds the most is is just making fucking more and more and more now that it's like a it's a proof of stake situation and deflation um, for the second time it's since the split right and it's so it's like you look at it right there and it's like oh yeah cryptocurrency it's uh you know it's call it the the new the new west you know this like new frontier well i hate to say it but it's it that big change that happened in september essentially just it is now we're in the digital world of of you know he who holds the most makes the most so it's the more you can argue that it's like cryptocurrency is different than you know fiat currency it really isn't like it's it's just it's the next generation of money and they'll you know i mean it's funny because they like right off the get-go right from the beginning it was like bitcoin is the digital gold you know it's like if you look at all the (coughs) to me if you go and you look at all the the coin like emblems or whatever it's like bitcoin gold it's 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 a it's golden right um you had uh you know ethereum started as this like blue like dark bluish purple and now ethereum 2 is purple Mm -hmm. you know to me that just is like royalty right off the bat um or like you know some sort of it just yeah it's to me it says more money then you got like litecoin silver um one of the early players in the game and like you know it's like uh i can't like tether is green it's like Mm -hmm. the u.s dollar it's just like in a way i almost feel like nothing is different you know it's just like hey like subliminally gold has been gold it's you know your whole life but now that we're shifting towards you know a digital world like here's your new gold and it's just very easy to like you know they say there's like a finite amount of gold in the world too don't they yeah it has to be mine but it's it's finite so let's find it night (laughs) um yeah it's just like a history repeats itself and always does does. so um well your your thought ended in perfect timing this may cut out even before i finish this sentence but i enjoyed this chat and i promise not to delete this episode benny boy i love you